Hello, and welcome to the podcast for Christ Community Church in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. My name is Lee Younger. I'm one of the pastors here, and this is a message I gave on Sunday morning, October 9th, 2022, from John chapter 10. All right, um, during the fall, we've been looking at a very cool and curious thing in the Gospel of John. If you don't know, the Gospel of John ends with almost the very end of the Gospel of John. The author tells us exactly why he wrote the book. He said, I have written this down so that you would believe that Jesus is who he says he is, that he's the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you would have life in his name. John's saying, I want you to give your whole self to Jesus. I want you to throw your life into his hands. And then when you do that, just to believe in him in that way, that you would find life in his name and who he is. And so, you know, if somebody says to me, all right, throw your whole life into this, throw throw everything you've got into this dude's hands, then I'm like, then I'm going to need some ID. I need, like, who, who goes there? Give me some photo ID. So we've been looking at a really cool thing John does, which is he tells us seven different times that Jesus gave us just that. Almost like a photo ID, like a passport of who he is. This is why you should throw your life into the hands of Jesus. Seven different times in the Gospel of John, Jesus said, I am, and then gave us a word picture, something about him. This is why you should trust in him. He said, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate for the sheep. And then we're going to keep going in John chapter 10, and we're going to keep on talking about sheep which in some ways is difficult for people because human beings do not like being compared to sheep. Um, This is an insult in our society. It's like, well, you're just one of those sheep. You're just one of those sheeple. You just just do whatever anybody tells you to, whatever the government tells you to, or whatever. This 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 is a classic insult. Here's the problem with that. I know it makes us uncomfortable, but the Bible calls human beings sheep over 400 times. It's tough. I mean, you don't see a lot of like sports teams where like the mascot is like a lamb. You know, it's not like the Loudoun County lambs. That's not really the way that nobody wants to be a sheep. You don't see like on the, you know, the family crest of a noble house in in some country, you don't see like sheep on there. We're not impressed with these animals. They don't have any superpowers. They can't beat anybody up, anything like that. I mean, it's like none of the Hogwarts houses are sheep. You know, it's like they had to even go get a griffin just out of fantasy. Like we're just, we're whatever to not be a sheep. Here's the problem. We are super sheep. Like we are very much like sheep, everybody. That's why the Bible says it over, again, 400 times. Because just like sheep, we are helpless and needy. And at the same time that we're helpless and needy, we're also extremely stubborn and independent. And you would think if you were helpless and needy, you wouldn't be all stubborn and independent, but boy, we got them both. We do both of those just fine. And in the midst of all that, you know, all that stubbornness and independence, we've got these runaway hearts. Like, I just want to do my own thing. I just want to break the rules. I want to run away. And at the exact same time, we are massive followers. And I got zero amens on that because nobody wants to be thought of as a follower. Here's my question for y'all. And again, we're in church, so I'm going to ask you to be real honest about this. Have any of you guys ever like totally bought into one of those dumb products on an infomercial? (laughs) We got some laughs. Nobody's like, yeah, that was me. (laughs) Some people are pointing at their parents. (laughs) That's amazing. 
I mean, come on, y'all. You never saw somebody like advertising some skincare product and it's like, that's why she looks so amazing. I'm going to get that. That's the secret. Come on, y'all. Y'all know you've done some stuff like that. Or maybe you bought a shake weight back in the day. Do you guys remember the shake weight? They advertised this dumbbell and you shake it and they said, this is going to give you 300% of the burn of like a normal like curl. An independent study said it's only 60% of the burn of an extra of a normal curl. But in the first year, they sold 2 million of those bad boys. Since then, they've sold 4 million. Nobody in here is willing to say, I've got one at home, but I bet somebody, just statistically, somebody here could bring a, a shake weight to show and tell. I don't know, maybe you bought a Nordic track or something like that, and you used it twice. And some people are like, I've used my Peloton in the past year or so. And maybe some of you are like, I'm not one of these infomercial people. Like, I've never bought into it. But you thought Derek Dooley in those orange pants. You thought that was really <laughs> going to be the thing. Here's the thing. You're sheep. I'm, I am one. We're followers. We've got these runaway hearts, fiercely stubborn and independent. And yet, we are followers. We really do get talked into some stuff. We get talked into some stuff easily. We get talked into things that we regret. We get talked into stupid stuff. And it not, it's not just products and coaches and fads and stuff like that. We get talked into all kinds of stuff about valuing who we are, right? We get talked into all kinds of stuff about figuring out like, what, like who am I, what is my worth, and how do I measure and compare myself to other people? How do I know who I am? You guys ever been talked into thinking something about yourself just because this is what everybody else values? Thank you. I know I have, and I know I'm not the only one. This is what we constantly do. We constantly do this to ourselves. We constantly do this to each other. We don't want to be thought of as sheep, and yet we are. And here's the thing. Sheep need a shepherd. Sheep need a shepherd to survive. They need a shepherd to eat. They need a shepherd. They, they need a flock, and they need a shepherd. You need other folks to be around. You need somebody to lead you. And here's the thing. You've got one. You've got a shepherd. The really important question is, do you know who yours is? There's somebody you follow around, some voice you're listening to that you let tell you, this is the way the world is, this is what matters, this is what's important, this is how you value who you are, and this is why whatever matters, matters. Everybody's got a shepherd. Do you know who yours is? Um, I want to read some of the stuff that we read last time. We're going to look at John chapter 10 now. And so we're going to backtrack a little bit. So if you were with us the last time when Jesus said, I am the gate for the sheep, you're going to hear some of this again. Uh, the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name. He leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees didn't understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. 
Okay, that's as far as we got last time. Jesus says there's, there's thieves, there's robbers, there's, there's people coming after the sheep that want to take them. And they don't listen to those voices. They only listen to the voice of, of uh, they only listen to the shepherd's voice. And I'm the gate for the sheep. And they come in and go out and they find pasture and they find life. And then he continues like this. This is his next little identification, his next passport. Verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand. He cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. My sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay, lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. All right, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And actually, um, that's our translation of it. It's not exactly what he said. When you think about this whole passage, he's saying, okay, here's the deal. You may not like it, but you are sheep. You have these runaway hearts, and yet you're also massive followers. You're helpless and needy, and yet you're also extremely stubborn and independent. And that's just who we are. We need a shepherd. And by the way, you've got one. Do you know who you're listening to? There's all kinds of shepherds, all kinds of voices that are trying to get hold of the sheep. Some are thieves. Some are robbers. He says there are wolves. There's a hired hand that just wants to get paid. There's some that want to steal sheep, some that want the money, all this stuff. And then all these things, all these people that are coming into the life of the sheep. And Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. But again, it's not exactly what he said. What he actually said in the original language was, I am the shepherd, the good. Like there's all these shepherds, all these voices that the sheep listen to. I'm the shepherd, the good one. Out of all the voices that you listen to, he's saying, you should listen to mine. There's all these voices that want to take from you, that want to steal from you, that want to attack you, that want to take you out and take what you have, all that stuff. I'm the shepherd, the good one, and I give my life for the sheep. There's a whole lot of takers. There's one giver. I'm the shepherd, the good one. I'm the one you should go with. Okay, now, um, I'm going to be honest with you. That's the heartbeat of the whole message. We're really kind of done, okay? So <laughs> if you stayed awake, congratulations. But if you'll let me, there's something else we need to deal with. Because if, if you were, um, and we're just going to hold that there. I mean, that's really the, the heartbeat of the whole message. So hope you dug it. But there's something else we need to deal with, okay? And that is the fact that if you just read through this, you encounter a problem. Anybody that just honestly reads through this encounters a big problem. You find it every now and then. And that is Jesus says something as he just utters a big truth and just lays it out there. And when you look at it, you're like, I don't see that as true in any way. Jesus said like several times something that he says is flat out true. And you look at it and you're like, I don't know what to do with the fact that this doesn't look true at all. Now, sometimes Jesus does that. He says things that are true, and you're like, I don't know if I think that's true. Like over in Luke chapter 6 when he said, woe to you who are rich. And I'm like, they seem to be fine. 
I mean, I know you said that as a truth, but apparently you can just do whatever you want. You could even just shoot yourself up into space for 10 seconds. or I mean, they seem to be doing just fine, Jesus. He said, the first will be last. And I'm like, I, they look like they're in first place. I don't really know what's going on there. He said, they will know you're my disciples by your love. And I'm like, oh, swing and a miss. That's not going great. What do you do? How do you understand it when Jesus says something as a, as a big old truth and it doesn't look true in any way? How do you understand it and what do you do next? So Jesus, in this passage, he says something several times. He says, my sheep listen to my voice and they follow me. They do not listen to the voice of a stranger. In fact, they run away from a stranger. They follow me. It's not going great. And it's confusing. It's confusing when you look at this and say, um, Jesus, I know you know more than I do, but it doesn't look like your sheep are listening to your voice. Is there anybody out there that's on an amen with me on that? Because when you look around, it looks like some people, I don't know what your sheep are listening to, Jesus. They're listening to a whole lot of I don't know what. But the most vocal people who supposedly are following Jesus in the world right now are screaming about fighting people, defeating people, conquest in the culture, and all these things that, by the way, have nothing to do with the kingdom of Jesus, have nothing to do with the heartbeat of Jesus, have nothing to do with the love of Jesus, the way of Jesus in any way. What does it mean when the people who are supposed to be Jesus' sheep seem to be following some other voice that has nothing to do with anything his voice ever said. And in fact, the opposite of so much that he said. How do we understand that and what do we do about it? And then by the way, I have to look in the mirror at my own life and say, I've followed plenty of voices. Anybody else like, I've followed plenty of other voices besides the voice of Jesus. I, I have run towards a stranger. Like, I, I don't know what to do with, with this thing that he's saying. That my sheep, they listen to my voice. They don't listen to anybody else. They run away from strangers and they follow me. Okay, um, I've been thinking about this a lot this week. I think there's a couple different ways we can understand this. One is, and this is true for a lot of stuff in scripture. I think there's such a thing as... Um, what I'm going to call Polaroid truths. Hang with me for a second. What I mean when I say Polaroid truths is like, there's something that Jesus says, and it's like, it's like taking a snapshot with a Polaroid camera. Very young people, this is where like in the 80s we had this camera, like you would snap it, and then this thing would come out of the camera. And it was like, you couldn't see anything. It was opaque. It was just this milky grayness. And then you would shake it, and then you would wait and it captured a moment, like a true moment, but you have to wait and you wait and like, and you have a whole conversation. I mean, like, like somebody could start dating and break up before the picture ever <laughs> came, depending on what party you were at. And then all of a sudden you see the picture. There are some things that Jesus is doing in the world that are in stages of development. It's a true thing. Something happened in my life. It's true. Jesus shot a Polaroid, but we're waiting. We're shaking and we're waiting. Some stuff needs to be shaken out in my life. And I'm going to get there. And you're going to get there. We're in stages of development. Some things are Polaroid truths. You see what I'm saying? That's one way I think we can understand what's going on here. There's another way to understand some of what's going on here. And that is, and it's a little bit more difficult, 
But Jesus said it, I didn't, which is, he said, you can tell a tree by its fruit. And there's going to be some people who say, Lord, Lord, and I'm going to have to tell them, I never knew you. I, you were, we were never friends. We were never in a relationship. Um, there, there's going to be some folks who have claimed Jesus the whole time, and they were not on what he's on. That is a difficult thing to wrestle with. Some people are in stages of development. Some people were never his at all. And so that's one thing that we can do to kind of understand what's happening when Jesus says, my sheep listen to my voice. They won't listen to the voice of a stranger. They'll actually run away from a stranger and follow me. My question is, what do we do with that? What do we do with the fact that there's something that Jesus says is true that doesn't look very true? And there's a whole lot of people that claim to know Jesus who are on a completely different thing. And sometimes in my own life, I'm wondering, am I in a stage of development or whatever? What do I do about the fact that people that claim to know Jesus, the, the sheep of Jesus, are not following his voice? Okay, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. And you tell me if you're going to be here with me. When you find something that Jesus says is true, and it doesn't appear to be true wholesale, you make it true. You go ahead and make it true. I'm going to go ahead and make it true this week. I'm going to listen for his voice in my life, in my conversations, in my relationships. I think for me, this is where this thing boils down. I got to forget about the rest of that. I can't deal with what anybody else is on. What, whatever voice they're following, whatever voice they're listening to, if it's a wolf or a hired hand or somebody getting paid or somebody trying to be on the take, whatever it is, I can't pay attention to any of that. My thing is, I'm going to listen for his voice this week. Anybody with me? So what's really cool is he, when he says, uh, my sheep know my voice, I was looking this up and it's, the, the, the word that we've translated voice is, in the original language, is the word phone, which is just the word that means sound, like, uh, like hooked on phonics or phonetics, which is like where you learn to read and write by like breaking down the sounds of words, like the letter combinations. It's not necessarily a voice because some of you might be like, man, I've walked with Jesus for a long time and I got to be honest, like I don't like hear an audible voice. I, I, I don't either. Okay, I'm just going to go ahead and say that. If you, if, if you need somebody that's with you on that, I don't hear an audible voice from Jesus when I'm praying or anything like that. What he says over and over again in, in this passage is, they hear my sound. They hear my sound. My sheep know my sound. I want to hear the stuff that sounds like Jesus this week. The prompting in my heart from, from the Holy Spirit that sounds Jesus-y. That's something that I can get down with. When I'm in a difficult conversation and I'm thinking about how do I respond to this person, what sounds Jesus-y right now? What sounds like him? I want to follow that sound, that Jesus-y sound. When Jesus said, I am the shepherd, the good, I was looking this word up too, just out of curiosity. It's really cool. It's a word that's used a ton in the New Testament. And almost every time it's used, it's translated into English, good. But a few times it's translated into something else. In Matthew chapter 18, Jesus said, you know, if your eye causes you to stumble, you should tear it out. It would be better for you to enter life without that eye than to not enter at all. That word better is this same word. Jesus said, a lot of people are following a lot of voices around. Everybody's a sheep. Everybody follows. I'm the shepherd, the better one. It's that word, the better one. 
It's the same word that's used in uh, 1 Peter in chapter 2 when Peter said, live such excellent lives among the pagans. I'm the shepherd, the excellent one. This week, when I'm thinking about what to post and what to say back to somebody and how to handle myself in a, in a conversation or in a relationship, I want to listen for the excellent sounds, the better sounds, the sounds of the shepherd, the good, the better, the excellent. There's a place in Luke chapter 21 where Jesus and all his guys are in Jerusalem. They're in the capital city. And the disciples are so pumped about the buildings and how cool the temple is and everything. And they're like, Jesus, look at the temple and how cool it is with those beautiful stones. And it's that word, that same word. Jesus said, look, you're a sheep, man. You got a runaway heart. It's stubborn. It's helpless and needy. And yet it's stubborn. It's runaway. And, you know, you follow all kinds of voices. You should follow me because I'm the shepherd, the beautiful one. I want to listen for the beautiful sounds of him. Why should I give my life to him? Because he said, I give my life for you. That's why everything else that you follow that winds up being a regret, like an, inf like an emotional infomercial of like, what tells me who I am? Is it my job? Is it my bank account? Is it how business is going? Is it how I compare myself or how I look or what, how my kids are doing or whatever the thing is? All the things that I'm looking at to tell me who I am and why I matter. And by the way, that's why we follow so much. We're following around so many voices because we don't know who we are or why we matter. And when I'm trying to find the answers to those questions, everybody, everybody is on the take. There are wolves, there are attackers, there are hired hands trying to get paid and trying to take me out. And one voice is good. One voice is better. One voice is excellent and beautiful. And it's the one that says, I don't want to take anything from you. I want to give you something. I want to give you my life. I'm giving it for you. There's something so cool that happens at the end of this passage. Jesus said, the reason my father loves me is I lay down my life. And he says, and I'm going to take it back up again. He says, you need to know something. No one takes my life from me. I have the authority to lay it down and the authority to take it back up again. Now, this was a very cool thing for Jesus to tell these guys because they were about to go into this situation. They were going to see people arrest Jesus. They were going to see Jesus get beaten up. They were going to see him be mocked. They were going to see him get executed. And before any of that happened, he let them know, you guys need to know this. I am not out of control of this situation. I am utterly and completely in charge. That was a really cool thing that he was letting his guys know before any of it happened, before they got swept up into any of that stuff. But it's not the only reason he told them. Because in the midst of this, in the midst of telling them, guys, when you're looking for who you are and why you matter, when you're listening to so many voices throughout your week, so many voices in your world and in your life and on your phone and wherever you're listening to all those voices, on your cable news, on whatever it is, you need to know that the Father loves me because I lay down my life and I'm going to pick it back up again. No one takes my life from me. I lay it down. I can take it back up. Why is that so important? Because if no one takes his life from him, that means he didn't have to do it. He didn't have to do it. The thing I need you to know is I'm the shepherd who gives my life for you because I wanted to, because I wanted you. 
You don't need anybody's voice from anywhere else telling you who you are or why you matter. You don't need anything that's going to run out, that's going to fill you with regret, that's going to make you compare, that's going to make you sad, that's going to take from you this week. Because the one who laid down his life had the authority to take it back up again. No one took his life from him. That means he did it because he wanted to. That means he did it because he wanted you. The one who gave his life for me, he wanted to do it because he wanted me. That's the better voice. That's the excellent sound. That's the beautiful sound. And I want to figure out in 2022 how to get quiet enough and move slow enough to hear a better, more excellent, more beautiful sound. The voice of the giver, the one who gave his life because he wanted to. Amen. Brothers and sisters, that's what this song is about. And this is something worth singing about. I want you to sing this like you mean it. We're going to go all the way back to the start and sing about the fact that God has made up his mind on us. Sing this with me. When I mess things up, it's easy to think you love me less. But your love for me is a choice you've made where you see me. Take me in. 